Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Friday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is August 6th. Andy, how are we doing? Brendan, I'm doing just uh, wonderful. We're in the summer of Harris. I just am reveling in the fact of, uh, you know, you could say it's the summer of Nellie, Nellieville. It could be Nellieville back in, you know, to throw back to uh, country grammar days. Or you could say it's Harris's summer. One of the two, the two most dominant players of the summer. Didn't that isn't that real popular musician with the youths? Uh, Calvin Harris have a song about summer. Summer when I met you in the summer, something like that. Isn't that think, popular with the kids? I don't Maybe know five, how popular he ago. is with the kids anymore. <laughs> summer of Harris. I don't know. That's what I started thinking of. Um, maybe I'm dating myself here. All right. Um, yeah, it's a big, big run for Harris English. He's going to win the the Ryder Cup for us here in a month and a half, probably. That's what we're looking at, the summer of Harris, summer of Nelly. Who knows? Um, all right, let's get to it. We were recording on a Friday morning. Uh, again, this is not because we're lazy, sitting on our hands, had too much journeyman Thursday night. Uh, it's because of the Olympics, guys. The The Olympics are playing overnight. feel like it would be dopey to record in the middle of that round. Um, so we figure we give even more relevant 54 hole update, maybe a final maybe update final. based on that. So <laughs> We're gonna we waited for the morning again, like we did last week with the uh, men's side. Um, we are fueled by Bixby Coffee this morning. I already have a full uh, tumbler going. Cup I s- number two. I s- oh really? And it's only what is it? It's 8 a.m. Chicago hours. So you're on cup number two. Josie decided um, to wake up a little early this morning after a late after I was watching golf past midnight. So you know it's uh, it's one of those days where coffee is uh, it's more like water than it's like coffee. You drink coffee. I drink coffee. Everybody drinks coffee. If you drink coffee, you might as well get it from Bixby. Uh, it helps support the podcast. You get the Shotgun Start blend, which is a darker roast. You get the Westy Island blend, which is a lighter roast. Um, you can get it delivered on intervals, automatically subscribe. I had it waiting for me as I got back from the beach, or I would have been you know, up a creek without a paddle, whatever that phrase is. Um, and it was sitting there thanks to my subscription. So go to BixbyCoffee.com and subscribe to the Shotgun Start Blend or the West Island Blend. It really helps uh, support the podcast, and uh, as well as like an OG sponsor of ours. All right, Olympics. We're at the 54-hole mark. Nelly Corda has a three-shot lead over Aditi Ashok, a five-shot lead over Quartet, Lydia Ko, Hannah Green, Emily Christine Pedersen, Peterson, and Monet Anami, uh, who booted it on the final, her final hole, 54th hole. Otherwise, would be sitting kind of booted, in a nice position. booted it on her last six holes of the 54. <laughs> yeah. you know, this is, I think, the thing that makes me believe that the Olympics are something. Like, we saw a lot of shaky play, uh, the, on Sunday of the men's um, 
finals. And today, obviously, there's a there's a tropical storm. For those that aren't aware, there's a tropical storm barreling down on Japan, and it's seems like 54 <coughs> holes might be the finish. They're they're cautiously optimistic. They've gotten some like better news, and they say it, it, there's some pockets, so they're going to try and play more. But this might very well be the end. But you saw the players. The players clearly knew that yesterday might have been the last round and you could see some people rise but you also saw a lot of shaky play um coming down the stretch and you know i kind of feel for, for japan because it it was eerily similar to hideki yeah. like everything yeah. she was there she was right in the you know right where she needed to be to to grab a silver or a or a bronze and then the last six holes were just uh you know frankly like a very disappointing six hole stretch like very poor play um yeah. coming down the stretch and and just didn't do anything very well and you know now she's in a tie for third where Hideki was and looking at possibly a big playoff for bronze right right i mean obviously if it was shortened to 54 holes she'd be sitting pretty for a medal uh if not for even just the last bogey but certainly the last six holes um so let's talk about the weather real quick then we'll get to Nelly like this is um I mean, it's 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 kind of remarkable for such a high stakes, high profile event right now. Uh, it's it's unavoidable. There's a tropical storm coming. It feels like there's better chance of getting it done than we had a day ago, two days ago. I, I saw Heather Daly Donofrio, the LPGA exec, who's now running this event more or less, talked about. Well, they moved it up an hour, so they're going six thirty local, um, which I think is seven. 30 here or 5 30 here I, I keep i still can't get it right after two weeks um so they're going 6 30 a.m local three threesomes off two t's 30 percent chance of storms then it only gets like in the morning then it gets worse as the afternoon goes along then they have sunday which is looks pretty bad like a washout but could be like a pocket for a playoff or something or finish four holes whatever they got to do but you have to be done by the closing ceremony, which I think is 8 p.m. Like, there's just no, that's it. So it's a very unique, for golf circumstances, a very unique situation. Like, there's a hard end, hard back, um, and you can't can't go past it. So, like, I, I don't know. I saw Brandel was on TV talking about, like, they should do 27 a day. Um, like, it needs to be a 72-hole competition. Like, uh, these athletes can go 27. 27's kind of quirky for my, you know, it's, it's a little odd. But... Um, are you okay with it? It seems like they've played it okay so far. If they they think they can get it in, maybe this this whatever our Friday night, their Saturday morning. I I go back and forth because like the the talks of like, well, it's so hot. I just all these all these women, all the amateur yeah. golfers in the world play yeah. thirty six hole USAM qualifiers in right. late. Late July, middle of July, Western early July, Hampshire. when it's a hundred degrees. Like this is not yeah. like if you're if you've played competitive golf your entire life, this is not something out of the sort out of this world like the heat that they're dealing with. It's hot, yeah. okay, but it's hot a lot of times when you're playing golf. So part of me feels like a thirty-six hole day could have been in order yeah. to get it yeah. done. Not it's a sixty-person you know, field, sixty-one yeah. field. Um, that being said, if it's fifty-four, it's fine. It seems like people knew it was fifty-four. People knew that they needed to 
get like get things done. Um, Maybe, but, That's but like the talk get. about the talk about like it. It's the Olympics. Like of all the places, if you're gonna do a 36 hole yeah. day, <laughs> like you cannot use like physical fitness as a as this is the place. Like if anything, yeah. There should be more feats of strength throughout the tournament. Like, but like, that's that's kind of where I fall on it. Is thirty six whole days are like the most common thing in the world. It, all these, it, like every college golfer plays thirty six holes like every weekend tournament. I just right. don't understand how it possibly like what do you you become a professional golfer and then you can't play thirty six holes in a day anymore like that. If this was the yeah. U.S. Open and they needed to get it in, they'd play 36 holes. The thing that I don't love about it is like this sort of, it's completely immeasurable. It's its totally subjective and tangible. Like you don't know. It's like, I don't know what kind of impact this has had already on the competition because it seems like like some might have played, like yesterday was the 54 or was the final round. Some might have not. Nellie Corda claims she was playing as if it was always going to be 72 like, it just could have already had its impact. It seems like it's just left them in limbo since they made the announcement. And it's like they should have just plowed ahead and be like, this is going to be a 72-hole event. This is what, or it's going to be a 54-hole event. And it just feels like it's left so many people, including the audience, including us, like, what am I watching right now? Am I watching this woman play for the silver? Or am I watching her kind of like try to hold it in before the final round? And I feel like... Who knows what that's done on the impact of the mental part, and we never will know. Maybe it's maybe it's negligible, but it has cast this sort of like uncertainty over the entire last couple days. Um, I think, you know, there it seems like a caddies our primary concern. Of course, we are caddy friendly. We are both former caddies. Uh, this is a caddy supportive uh, supportive podcast. Well, it goes but, back like, to the countries. Why are they giving the caddies their staff backs? Yeah, there's ways to mitigate. The, the exhaustion on them. I know a couple have been hit with heat stroke, so it's not like a, a unserious matter here, but like, yeah, get them push carts, get them whatever, figure it out on the caddy front, uh, even if it is sort of 36 well, the holes push in carts, that humidity. Some of those push carts have those great umbrella cu- uh, um, holders yeah. now, so you just, yeah. you're walking in shade all day. Yeah. Like, because yeah. I hear them talking about it, and it's like 102 heat index. That's That's hot. Okay, but yeah. that's not like crazy hot, right? Like that's right. a summer day uh, in most of the country. Even even like East Coast, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like right. that's if you go to New York in August, that's likely what the temperature is going to be about. You know, right. like say it's been the weather's been great here in Chicago, but like that's I can't tell you how many times I've played. State Am's last days, which is 36 holes, and it being, you know, 100 degrees, and it just being yeah. a, a, it's a, it's a bitch. Like, it's the day that you drink, you just drink water and drink Gatorade all day, and you never pee, you, you know? You go to the bathroom. Yeah. yeah. Yep. But, like, it is what it is. Like, everybody that's played golf has done that. And I hate that we're talking about this, because what I really want to talk about yeah. is Aditi. I love oh, Aditi. God. I know. I, she, I had her as like I had Nelly first because she's number one, but Aditi like look. It's just an ahead. unbelievable duel. Yeah, Aditi's hitting it like two thirty, just poofing average, it out there. Her average is two twenty nine. <laughs> yeah, 
she's hitting hybrids. They're talking about like on the tenth hole. They're talking about how much of a disadvantage it is because she has to hit six iron, and she like <laughs> plays it out to like the edge yeah. of the green where she does has less carry with the bunker. Yep. And then has like an eighty foot putt, and her putting is unbelievable. But like She's the thing that like just yeah. resonates with me is the ability. Like we got this with the U.S. Women's Open too, uh, or actually the the PGA, the women's the KPM, KPMG PGA. Aronimink, right? Or no, no, and, and, uh, Atlanta too. Atlanta that, is yeah, like we yeah. see like Nelly Corda is probably going to win both of these showdowns. But the fact that we're getting showdowns with yeah. Aditi. And Lizette Salas, two of the shortest hitters on the tour, contending with one of the longest hitters on tour, the number one player in the world. And, like, the fact that they are, can even compete is something that we don't, like, at a U.S. Open, we will never see Brian Gay and and Dustin, you know, going head-to-head yeah. down the stretch or Bryson. Like, the closest thing we'll ever get is Ches Reeve battling Gary Woodland and Brooks Kepka at Pebble, but Pebble's seven thousand right. yards. You know, right. it's not yep. it's not a beefy US yep. Open setup. Like this is unbelievable at this <clears throat> at, at this golf course to watch she literally has to like tact around the golf course. She hits it so straight and she just has to like play so smart. And then you know she, the way she putts is just it's just beautiful to watch. And I I really hope that she, depending on what happens, I hope she stays on the medal stand. Uh, you, we talk about how much medals mean to different countries. Like, I can't imagine a medal meaning much more than to a country, like one of the biggest countries in the world, India. Yep. You know, like her story of like just, see, you know, looking out the window and seeing a driving range and saying, I want to try that. Like, and how she got into golf is cool. Um, and, you know, somebody that has not had a lot of success recently on the LPGA tour just, you know, coming up with a yeah. Herculean effort here at the Olympics. <laughs> yeah, she's 200th in the world. So not, you know, hasn't been like striping it necessarily. It hasn't played a ton on the LPGA. Um, but yeah, w- when we talk about sort of... Now, she says she's not like normally this short. Like almost feel, felt like a little sheepish. I was like, don't apologize for anything. I guess she had COVID and that's taken some like in this summer recently. Um and that's taking some strength, and she's hitting it even shorter. Than, but she's not long to begin with. And obviously, yeah, 229, putting her ass off, just playing amazingly to stay in it. Um, Nelly, obviously, like, we're Americans. She's number one in the world. It's like a great story. It's awesome. It's fun rooting for her. But the, the don't sleep on the Aditya Shook uh, story right behind that. And, and like you said, for me, the overall total like grow the game impact obviously at such a huge nation a shook meddling gold meddling whatever it may be would be i think significant for a country that has it's not bereft of golf history there you know we see professional golfers out of there not too many women so far but uh it, w- it would be massive so i think that's sort of a, a secondary or, or even a primary story if we get this final round and then with like nelly obviously the the second round legendary she yeah. double bogeys 18 for 62. Yep. And but I'll say since the 17th hole of the second round, she's played very mediocre golf and could easily yep. if there's another round, this is not a done deal. Now, yeah. I I would feel a little bit more courageous if Aditi wasn't the one chasing her like as much <laughs> as I enjoy. I just she doesn't really have that that firepower. 
unless yeah. she cans a bunch of 20 footers. That's like her game's kind of dependent on canning 20 footers and she's been doing them at an amazing clip, but it just doesn't seem sustainable. And, you know, I, Lydia Ko, Hannah Green, um, Imani, you know, are five back, but it's not necessarily a done deal. She's been, yeah, but at the same time, I, you know, I was, I was watching Nelly and, you know, She's such a like because her average, she just makes golf really easy on herself. Like, and she made a few key putts, but like, her average is so much better than everybody else's. Like, good out there because yeah. of because yeah. of the power, the accuracy, the good. She putts well, you know. She chips well. Like, she has everything. She's a really really complete player, and I think that's one of the things that this summer will be I think this whole year we'll remember like she could be I don't want to put too much expectations on her but she could be <laughs> like the next like really great LPGA player like it doesn't yeah. seem uh, like she's got them, I don't think yeah. when she's playing well it doesn't seem like she has like a, a a person that really could beat her level of play yeah I think that's accurate she's obviously a lot of pub this week for the left hand low thing that's gotten her on this heater, certainly in play and in putting for the summer. Um, I do think, like you said, we we could be in a little bit of a Xander situation where the shot was once, where the lead was once five shots. May seem a little closer than that. Um, I think the word she used for the her back nine on uh, the third round was spraying it. I was spraying it all over. But again, like you said, her average, she's like grinding to save pars. I don't think she had a birdie after like the fifth or sixth hole, uh, maybe even the fourth hole. So like it, it is, it has been since that second round, even the 18th all of the second round, it's been a little uneven. Uh, I don't know. Five is a lot. Lydia Ko came in in 31. Um, and Hannah Green, obviously a, a really impressive talent from Australia. So I, I don't know. It's, it's a great story. It seems like the appropriate gold medal winner based on current form, based on this summer, based on um, what we've watched in the women's game. But uh, I think it's a little closer than than just number one player in the world has multi shot cushion. This is a done deal. So. One one thing that I think is a big deal is that uh, of the players at ten, Lydia Ko shot that back nine thirty one, which got her in the clubhouse first, which <clears> got <throat> her into the final group. So if you were, you know, I Not think if if we were coming up with year, a list right? of players that had a chance to track her down, like she'd probably, yeah. I'd, I'd probably put her number one on the list. Um, yep. of players and I think like even with the DD having being three uh, two shots closer I just you know Lydia Ko's got a different gear um, and we saw it uh, what was the tournament that we saw it at in the you know early where she just she won A&A right where no she went, went it was the was it the she pushed, she pushed at the A and A, didn't win it, no. Patty. Didn't she uh, I was shoot thinking like about the tournament that she just dusted everybody. It was right uh, around. It was, it was Hawaii, in California right? or Hawaii. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've seen her just the put together dominant performances. The yeah, the Lottie. And uh, <laughs> you know, if she gets her wedge game going, like her her iron game going, like it, it could, and she puts the hell, lights out. It she's somebody that could shoot a 64, 63 and and track her down. Don't want to. Uh, we've not neglected to really mention Emily Christine Pedersen, who is a stalwart on the let. It's been 
you know, dominant, not dominant, but really been strong on the lead over the last year. She's at 10 under as well. Uh, could put together a low round. She shot 63 earlier in the week. So also potential from that uh, bronze medal position right now. So is it right. is the biggest surprise that South Korea is, you know, really not even yeah. not even seriously contending for a medal right now? Like they, they have chances, but. You know, it's going to require an all-world round. That I mean, having four of the top ten players yes. in the world. <clears throat> I would say that and all the other Americans not being sniff. Like, I, I, yeah, I, I'm just surprised. I, I don't know. I'm not like, I have no spicy take. I'm just surprised that like none of uh, the Koreans, I think, uh, could sneak in for a bronze here. Uh, a Seon, maybe. But that the other three Americans, too, I, I'm just a little surprised are not anywhere near the top. 20 the top 15 you know they're just kind of lurking in the bottom half of the field um all right that's our olympics debrief watch that tonight we got a live leaderboard we've got live shadow leaderboard somebody put together a google doc that's like live updating i tweeted it out yesterday so it seems like we're gonna get at least an attempt at play here friday night uh in the united states so uh that's your event of the week let's watch that all right moving on memphis you mentioned it, Harry English, the summer of the summer of Harris. He leads by two shots in Memphis. He's won there, right? He won the old St. Jude, I believe, at least once, right? He won the the Seersucker Blazer, I think is hey, what it is. Um, before what? we move on from the Olympics, I just checked the that team leaderboard. Yeah, that you tweeted out. Yeah, guess who's in for who's tied for first team leaderboard? Why we should have a team championship. This is not the mixed one, right? This is no, the team, this is the, two the women. Team one. Yeah. Um, is it Koreans? No. Japan. Oh. Yeah, because Hadaoka is two out of third, two out of bronze, eight under, yeah. right? Okay. So you got, I, 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 again, I love the bronze race. It makes just the, it makes the telecast so much more fun. Extra it made stuff. Me, it made me think about, like, how can we get some of this more often? Like, this type of feel? with the tour because i think it's like it just makes these like telecasts so much more interesting and like it's impossible to simulate a a medal like an olympic medal like that's the problem is like somebody's gonna look at this and be like oh we need this more in golf and i'm gonna be the idiot that does that and like say so the thing i was thinking about (laughs) the only thing i could think about would be like if you did a a series of like small qualifying events would be really cool where you know you um you had like only three spots kind of like monday qualifiers but with tour players and and you qualify for this tournament you know that's and i would like that more than the fedex cup if you if you did something like that like because the, the qualifier qualifiers are like some of the nerviest stuff like that you you mm-hmm. play like is it, you're almost more nervous yeah. for a qualifier than you are for the big tournament. Sure. Yep. Yep. I I mean we're gonna get that. I think we could very well get this tonight, where like say Nelly Corda's five up and just coming in the back nine to claim her medal. Like you could have a show battling for the medal stand in this national sort of story. Like and we saw it last week with the men's. It's just it's games within the game. It's always improves the broadcast, improves the the drama. All right, Memphis. Harris English leads by two over the Hermanator. Jim, Jim Herman, a favorite of ours, favorite of this podcast. Um, the, pip, the, pip, love, uh, the Pip Warrior. Would love to see him 
put a WGC up on the wall. Uh, uh, you know, fourth uh, win. That would be an amazing, amazing feat for Jim Herman. Um, we would glorify this as maybe a major. We would hail it to TPC Inatech forever. If it was the house that Herman built, we could rebrand it, everything. Um, the, but there's, yeah, two, there's two things that could get me really locked in on Sunday. <laughs> what? One is Jim Herman battling for a WGC against all odds. Yeah. And number two is a boy in brown and all the, the gerrymandering that could be done on Sunday when they can't ignore a boy in brown coming down the stretch looking for the title. Like, maybe a Louie, maybe a Westy. Westy, I think... He's won here How before. do you feel about Westy <clears throat> skipping the Olympics to focus on the, the WGC FedEx and uh, the FedEx Cup? It's interesting. I mean, Usti, the same deal. It's interesting. It, it's 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 interesting. I don't do want to go under, the boys Do you think Brown. they're under uh, strict orders from the boys in Brown to infiltrate the the FedEx uh, FedEx land? Well, that could be. They're, they're they're trying to carry the banner. I'm worried that we might have an iRobot situation on the range if these guys are con- in contention, where the AI turns on the humans. Did you see that FedEx that dopey robot? That's yeah. in all their ads this year that is on the range, giving out the balls, like delivering the buckets of balls to the players. If he sees an enemy with the UPS in contention, they may program him to take him out one of these guys. We may have like, or, or Louie could just take his nine iron to the thing. I don't know. We could have a driving range, uh, you know, start robot a bigger versus war. man. Yeah. There's, like, why do we have that could thing? could be like a it's Pearl Harbor-like situation. That robot looks like the biggest waste of time and money and marketing and engineering. I don't know. Like, we're just replacing human jobs with whatever this thing that's going to mosey up to our door and throw the package on the doorstep. I don't know. But now it's on the range. Think about they won't be able to do that uh, remake of that great Dustin commercial with the FedEx. (laughs) Let's go find. Let's go to work. (laughs) Going to give out a tailor-made rocket balls. That was a great. That was a great activation. I don't think he'd do that today. I think that was back when, like, 2011. <laughs> uh, modern day Dustin isn't putting on a FedEx jumpsuit to go hand <laughs> out drivers. All right. Uh, anything else from Memphis? We just, there's a lot of mid 60s rounds, as you might expect. Uh, Harris English shot a 62. He's far from running away from it. Uh, anything else that you um, want to talk yeah, about? Yeah, I, got, I got some stuff I want to talk about. I saw Sean Martin tweeted something about wolf shooting 64 and only hit and hitting less than 12 greens might be the only player that ever did that it's pretty incredible you know? yeah um yeah. new putter yeah. for uh Zalatoris. is this the first time we've seen him since uh the open i think so yeah well, makes sense himself. i would vanquish <laughs> that that putter that i saw do those terrible things at uh at royal st george's and and please don't tell me it was because he, you know, because of the... He hurt uh, himself? Because he hurt himself. That was... Oh, you're cyberbullying. The, the you're he, heebie-jeebies. That's true. Yeah. And uh, it makes sense to switch putters. Eventually, you're going to run out of putters if it keeps happening, though. Um, yeah. One of the things I was wondering with, with Zal Torres as well, are we... And I was thinking about maybe writing this up. Is he just like a new Tony Finau? 
I don't know. Uh, like Tony Finau, obviously, you it's know, pretty early to say that. No? Zell Torres is dominant with irons. Finau a little bit more dominant with with the, the driver, but also a great iron player yeah, and great short game. Everything, yeah. but the putter and maddeningly consistent. Having a down year this year, but maddeningly consistent and just never wins. And I think that Zalatoris could be a guy that fits into this bucket of a guy that's just going to be a top 10 machine, top 20 machine. He's going to be in the top of the world rankings all the time, but he's just not going to win very much. That could be. How many times did he win on the Corn Ferry Tour? Just once. Oh, you only won one. It was all, it was just a ton of fives. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, okay. It, that's that's uh, kind of okay. That's a take that's percolating. I think we need more sam- sample size, but I'm 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 open to hearing further arguments as as more evidence accrues. Um, speaking of new putters, I like that. I like that take. You're onto something, maybe. I, um, speaking of new putters, you see Phil is doing the arm lock now. He's got some new new technology too. New putter, also new stroke. Doing arm. Do you lock. remember Phil when he when he world. after the PGA? What? About the breakthroughs, <laughs> vaguely remember. Just, I mean, he talks about the breakthroughs three times a year for the last decade. I know, but what did he say this time? Well, he, he just, just was he like talking about how he had a huge breakthrough, and it's like, yeah. and he th- it's just like, it makes that performance more and more every week. That performance yeah. becomes more and more amazing yeah. because the play leading into it. Matches the play le- coming out of it. Just horrendous. <laughs> Total unicorn. Total unicorn. Which I think when we do the year in review, I, I don't have a lot of spicy, spi- high heat for Brooks, but I will when it comes to the PGA, I think, on, on that front. Just anyways. but um, All right. Also, yeah. Rory, how, what, he's how apathetic do you think he is this week? <laughs> he's 62 out of 66 players. Two over. I don't know. He could shoot 61 today. I, yeah, but uh, yes. Dude, do you think he's just going through the motions in Memphis? I would think like, so. Why am I here? I was just, I was just in, in uh, England, then I had to go to Japan, and now I'm in, at TPC and Attack. <laughs> it should be where he feasts. It's, this is the Prince of Panavidra time. You've got FedEx there. You've got a TPC course. You've got a you know dartboard. You've got low sixty. Not a dartboard. I don't know that it's de- definitely a dartboard. I can't speak to that. With, with well, I, clarity, I was but. I saw Will Bardwell was doing some reporting from the ground, and he was talking about the pins. And I saw somebody replied like, "It hasn't rained here in a month, and it's still so soft." I mean, yeah. I mean, sixty eight puts you in a tie for twenty sixth. You know, seventieth, you're tied forty sixth. Out of this is supposed players. to be one of the more difficult golf courses that they play, like lots yeah. of mid to long irons. Um, yep, I say mid irons, not really uh, long irons anymore. Fire ants. You got fire ants. It's tough. Should we it's talk about Bryson? There. He didn't yell. Four. I got it in news. He didn't yell four again. He clobbered. I saw somebody. that. The guy needs a suspension. Four. It's not mainstream enough. I'm sorry. Someone tweeted that us. It's not mainstream enough to yell for. I, that's not. I've, I don't have proper attribution off the top of my head. But that was a good tweet. 
it's not mainstream enough to yell for. He'll start doing that when it's when it's more mainstream. Um, that's, yeah, this that's, coming did off you hear the heels the sound? of the, the contentious did you hear the sound Rice, uh, of British hitting Open. Somebody? Yeah, yeah. This off the heels of him saying at the British Open, he always yells it. You know, uh, that's not true. I always yell it. So here he is again, very next event, just bombing it into the folks. So I, I don't know. Maybe is a lawsuit building? Is there some sort of hold, hold harmless thing on the back of your ticket when you go in? I'm, I'm sure. sure there is. But there's mounting evidence that Bryson is negligent in this regard. He's negligent. He could be set himself up for an action. Um, all right. <clears throat> we'll talk about Bryson news. I don't want to talk it down ourselves. Any other Memphis takes or, or insights? We're, it's 18 holes out of 72. We good? Moving on. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to move on. <laughs> Barracuda, I want to talk Joel about Lee Bryson, B. though. We should talk about Bryson. Let's do it for news. Well, let's yeah. talk about Bryson. Whatever. We'll talk about it while we're on him. Not yet negligent yelling for. He's negligent taking the vaccine. He's unvaccinated, unrepentant, proudly, happily not vaccinated. Says he won't. He doesn't well, want to take it out of the supply. I think here's here's something. Like, all right. I... I think everybody should get vaccinated for the health of others. Like it's a community thing. It stops spread. It stops the ability for it to mutate. Uh, whatever anybody wants to come at me with their political takes. This isn't a political situation. This is talking about like health in general, but B like if you're a high level athlete, I can understand some hesitancy of putting something in your body. Like you make millions of dollars and in, in everything and if that was the excuse, I think that people would have a greatly different reaction than his excuse. Well, his excuse Maybe. was complete bullshit. Well, that's it, it what I wanted complete to talk bullshit. about. It was a lot. It was yeah. just like complete wrong information. Like, it, oh, I don't want to take vaccine. Like, we live in America. They're throwing out vaccine every day. They don't. That's what I. That's that's what I wanted to talk about. Set aside the underlying idiocy of not getting it. This guy has had weeks. He knows the question will probably come up at some point this year. And like, he's had two weeks to come up with something to talk, to say. And you've had this old quote about, I think you might just be an idiot. Like he is the, who he, and who's around him. This is what they came up with. This is what like, Honestly, the microchip ex- like excuse, like they're putting microchips in my body, might sound more rational than I don't want to take it out of. I want to leave it for other people that need it more than me. Who's around him that this is what they got? He's so dumb that this. Who thought this would be like come across as anything but laughable as the excuse for not getting it? This is what they came up with. This is what they went with. It's unbelievable. That's almost it's- as dumb as not getting it. It's utterly preposterous, the excuse given they gave, especially when you consider this happened two weeks ago and he knew he was going to get asked about it. And that's like, that was my point about, like, if he said, if his excuse was, I'm a high-level athlete, I don't want to put something in my body that I don't, you know, that I don't know, like, that's... That's an uh, excuse that you can like at, at least like wrap eh. your head. Ar- you can wrap your head around it a little bit, but like to say that and to say, "Oh, I'm waiting for it to become more mainstream," like just negligent as as a public figure in general to say something like that, to say something so obtuse, so off the mark in terms of like anything that you could possibly wrap your head around, like. 
this is like the excuses. If you're on one side of the fence or the other side of the fence, it it does. It's not even a valid excuse on the one side of the fence. Like that is not a real excuse. It also creates. You might be unpatriotic. Creates a million questions about the little team competition we got coming up in a month and a half. Right? What's going to happen there? What if he's close contact? What if whoever else is not vaccinated? Do they need to be vaccinated? We see NFL coming down heavy-handed. Automatic forfeitures. Are points forfeited? Do you have to wear a mask in the team room? Like, there's a million things coming up. Like, dude, if we lose the Ryder Cup because some dope doesn't, uh, you know, thinks, you know, that Bill Gates is putting microchips in him, like, guy should be banished. He might be tried for treason. You know, it's not going to go well for you, buddy, if you think, like, you're an anti-vaxxer and it ends up impacting uh, the team competition at the end of September. And, and we need some clarity, I think, on some of well, how they're going to approach that. So, um, Yeah. Just not. Right? He's just, he's awful. He's just like, not smart. Every day the SMU physics department just has to cringe. Like, I don't know. It just, it's never, it's, it's not, it's not great. He's just not, doesn't speak well to a lot of things. Um, Everybody right. get vaccinated. If, if, you know, it helps stop let's get this shit over spread like and most importantly the mutations that's the thing is that this thing is just going to keep fucking changing i know my kids are going to have to go back with masks on it's just like it's it sucks just get vaccinated stop this shit uh don't be an idiot all right um make it mainstream (laughs) burke i you know what i saw the numbers Georgia, Tennessee, Oklahoma. I think Holly Anderson was sharing it like like ninety percent increase, sixty percent increase. I don't know if it's football season, but that's good. Let's go. Let's let's keep it going. Let's start, let's start, let's end this. All right. Uh, at the Barracuda, Jolie D is stinking it up. He's sixteen over. Uh, Stableford. Never mind. He's number. He's first place. Uh, beating the goat. Stephen that was so Yeager. bad. I know. Terrible Everybody show. makes that joke every year. It's like, oh, you might think he's playing poorly, but he's actually playing well. Um, I, I like being called out. Please call me out on all of my dad bad jokes. All right. He's beating the GOAT. Steven Yeager. He's uh, uh, by two. Two points, I should say. A lot, a lot of golf to go in Reno. Any reaction? Any thoughts on that? Yeah, obviously, Jolie D. You know, great personality on tour. Likeable guy. And uh, that's good, but one one thing I'm watching, that's we good. got we got the number number one web, uh, greatest web dot com tour court fairy whatever you want to call it Hogan tour player of all time, <laughs> Stephen Yeager is making a ruckus in the in the in the, the Pacific PGA Northwest. Tour. He is just oh, he's a, we've seen him tear up the Pacific Northwest before. I believe that's where Stone he shot bread. a fifty eight. Yeah. Stone he's bread. just yep. a he's a man of the Pacific Northwest where where there are cypress trees and uh, egregious and uh, bears are regulars. That's where Steven Yeager feels most at home. You know, German lives in Chattanooga, just loves the Pacific Northwest. So I'm watching that as well as we got a couple, you know, former Big-time college players, John Pock, who is number one, I think, of the PGA Tour U. He's in seventh. And uh, Sahith Thagala is also in seventh. Nice. So those are two guys to watch there. 
Good stuff. As well as, you know, yeah. Monday Q on the bag from Mark Baldwin played played a respectful round T21. Yeah. So yep. And you obviously have some like FedEx Cup sort of implications here too where guys can really jump a lot of these guys are outside the top 20 125 if not nearly all of them besides you know 10 to 12 so that that that's a big chance to get not a ton of points there but a chance to make some moves i'm i'm happy um, i didn't pick scott harrington scott harrington i almost did for my uh you know journeyman heading home speaking of what's our guy doing spassy yeah Sea bass? Where's he at? He's 56. It looks like he's heading home. Well, we'll see. We'll see. There's time. A day, day to go. Get on. Get in the weekend and, and go nuts. Who knows? That's a place where you can go crazy. Um, all right. On the European tour, our man, the original, the I think maybe the first ever shotgun start guest. Way back in 2018. Gave us a glimpse of life in Thailand, a glimpse of life on the uh, Asian tour after playing, I think it was TPC Kuala Lumpur, I think the Sim Classic. We were wondering who this Barry Henson was in the field. He came on the podcast a week later. He leads the Hero Open at Fairmount St. Andrews. Uh, Co-leads, I should say, right now with Justin Walters. This could all be moot by the time you listen to it, but he's backing up a strong opening round. He's 500 through 15 holes today. Would just be... An absolute party here at Shotgun Start if Barry Henson won on the European tour. Well, yeah, all the Fairmount St. Andrews, a, we'd have a podcast. We'd become hallowed lined, ground. Podcast guests lined up for next week if uh, if we, if he wins. He's been grinding away, had like you know limited low status on the European tour. Gets his shot at the home of golf, and all of a sudden he's in, in co-leading. Uh, love to see him root him across the finish line over the weekend. Here's the thing: I'd be watching out if I were him. You got some big lurkers. You got Alvaro Quiros in the mix. <laughs> Toby Tree where you're going. <laughs> is uh is is just just behind him. <laughs> He's Richie five. Ramsey, another double uh yeah. double RR TT. Yeah. You know, you got to watch out for these here. guys. Did you see the yeah. spread in the in the, in the starts like the draws? Like four no. shots. I think it was oh, a four-shot spread in the first round of averages between first, uh, oh, no. morning and afternoon wave. Uh, so second half just got blown out, or yeah, okay. I think so. Yeah, I think that was how right. it fell. I, I I didn't write it down, unfortunately. <laughs> that's all right. So that's the hero open. I think that's only available on streaming on the weekend. But Barry Henson, please, please root I mean, for him if you root for this. Podcast. How often do you what? get to see St. Andrews on TV? It's not that often. <laughs> Dunhill, the hero, and an occasional open, I suppose. All right, uh, what else do we got? You have the Corn Ferry Tour open, the board open. Oh, I, yeah, I, I I'm got watching it up. the replay right now on TV. The Utah we got Joshua Creel and uh, and Mark Blakefield are at the top of the leaderboard. This is all going to be moot by the time you listen to this. Yeah. Um. Other players of note, the meth man, the meth heads are rare party. Byron Meth, meth who came in 247th on the web.com standings, is T8 after a 665. Party rough, at the meth house. There's been a lot of fallouts on the, on the meth, uh, with the meth heads lately. 
Yeah, but they're cooking in the meth lab, coming up with a new batch. You know, maybe we'll get something here. Late season push coming out of the meth lab. That's great. Their, their last batch has been stepped on a, a bunch. <laughs> not not very potent. It's a good cook. They had a good cook in late late August. They had a, they had a new cook, and it's going well. All right, late, late um, July, you mean? How many how many more uh, How many more jokes can we get off here? All this right, this is the last um, event for getting into the top seventy five. Is that accurate? I said I that know. on Wednesday. I don't but think I thought it there is. Was, there might be one more, I think, to line up with the uh, FedEx Cup playoffs. There may be a Pinnacle Bank Championship. Oh, in Omaha, be, right? Uh, I thought Omaha's the finals. Let's see. Omaha's the finals. Pulling up. Between this, this and the Lydia Co. thing, we're just like, yeah, between this and Lydia Co.'s Pinnacle Bank Omaha next week. And then okay. you got Boise Nationwide victoria national finals are in omaha next year i think going yeah forward. you know how you That's can tell a... what the big purse jump for when the yeah. when the when the pga yeah. tour relegates get sent down have to earn their stripes back up the purse jumps from you know 700 that omaha 750 which you know that's a big jump up from the 600 this week but then oh, yeah. it goes to yeah. a million because the pampered fucks come down <laughs> that's a good point that's a good point all right last but not least on the women's amateur we are down to the hey, quarter here's finals. A question what about that how is it not like denoted on their schedule why isn't there like a hey these are the finals <laughs> like it just it acts like the schedule i i'm not you know it just it moseys on like it's just another event Oh, like these there's, are the playoffs? These are yeah, the there's actual... there's no denotion yeah. at all. Yeah. It's like, oh... the web are... developers. The web developers are all dedicated to the big tour, I suppose. You know? The, I'm not sure. I don't know. There, there should be some clarity. All right. On the women's amateur, we are down to the quarterfinals. This is on Peacock this afternoon. Rachel Heck is through. She would probably widely be considered the favorite we've had a lot of favorites drop out in rose jane defending champ got bounced in the first round we had um erica shepherd we had the medalist rachel king get bounced in the first round uh so rachel heck still going through probably i don't know arguably the best women's amateur golfer going you probably have some arguments from rose jane fans there it's, it's a subjective list a subjective title but uh she's the favorite in the quarterfinals a couple more rounds to go. I want to shout out Kara Heisterkamp, Northeast Ohio's own, 15 years old, incoming sophomore at Magnificat High School, uh, son of the pro at Chagrin Valley. Uh, so she is daughter, uh, remarkable. Daughter of, daughter, daughter, daughter of the pro. Daughter, daughter of the pro. Jesus. Uh, Kara Heister, I need more Bixby. Kara Heisterkamp. Uh, a miracle story got in uh, after by one shot in the stroke play. Beat Erica Shepard, the four seed, obviously a, stout, a stud at Duke. Beat Aline Crowder, who won the women's amateur, a stud at Stanford. So uh, root for her, Kara Heisterkamp, 15 year old at the women's amateur. That's at Westchester at Peacock this afternoon. Peacock on the weekend, uh, a good amateur event, and and obviously some some firepower there with Rachel Heck too, still in the field. All right. Anything else on this Friday? I had a flashback Friday presented by Precision Pro, R1 Rangefinder. Their new R1 is out. Uh, I think it's fully in stock now. I believe it's fully in stock. It's, it's uh, 
calculates wind, precision pro. I think my golf spy said it's like the smartest range finder ever. They usually don't bullshit around, I think, my golf spy. Uh, it, it calculates wind, slope adjusted, which they've always had. Uh, they calculates the conditions around you. I got back from vacation. I had one on the doorstep, or I'm sorry, my neighbor grabbed it, but brought it to my doorstep on the way when I got home from the beach. It's sitting there for me, ready for my next round of golf. It's, uh, it, it's, it's, it, you know, it's a game changing. When's your next round? Slope. Is it TBD? Yeah, I did commit to your Lancaster event, October 18th. That may be it. Who knows? That may be it. Too. Two and a half months from now. Yeah. Hurricane Shane. I'm excited <laughs> to go to Friday Lancaster. What's the name of that one again? Uh, that one's the uh, Royal Rumble. Something with Flynn or something? Okay. All it's right. a, they got like a War of Roses uh, like little logo that we're going to use. So that's why we okay. call it the Royal Rumble. Um, I may be using my R1 there. So uh, well, I got the- mine. I got mine just uh, after I was just playing some golf. I had a big, big stretch of golf. Mine came just after uh, TBD when my next round is. But uh, but I, I can't wait to use it. I think if you're somebody that wants like who thrives on all the information that you can get, this is the rangefinder for you, right? Like. Yeah. Yep. I, I might I'm a little bit more of like a, a low input guy uh, low information <laughs> like sometimes the less I have the better I, I do but if, if you're kind of that person that likes to know exact numbers exact win like you know like if you go through your process and have like you want all the details like this is the the thing for you or also if you're a big idiot like us and you leave it behind. There's a find my precision pro oh, function, yeah. so it connects to your phone. So phone, so like it's easy enough to you know. Oh, I left it on the card, or I threw it on the ground, or I, I don't know where it is. Uh, yeah, it's got a. Or my yeah, I used the magnet pro. and I forgot about it because it yeah. was so you know it looked yeah. like it just became part of the cart. Yep, exactly. So precisionprogolf.com. Uh, check out the new R1 smart range finder all right quick flashback friday now that we're at the 15 minute mark you talked about matthew wolf earlier uh what did he say what did you say you missed 12 greens or he made he hit 12 greens and shot 64 yeah is that accurate i'll, I'll, pull, I'll pull it up maybe 11 greens sean all Martin right here's the, the tweet here's a simpler simpler quick note hit 11 or fewer 11 or fewer greens mike mcgee in the first round of the 1987 federal express st jude classic this was at Colonial, not TPC Initech. He missed the cut. He had 18 putts in the first round and oh still missed God. the cut. 18 putt round and, and missed the cut. Obviously, you have a second round there where things can go haywire, but he had an 18 putt round and still uh, missed the cut at the former FedEx, FedEx uh, St. Jude class. How'd you find before that? Before it was a WGC. Uh, I don't know. Wikipedia or something like that. And then another one, another quick nugget. Bert Yancey, which was our 1966 winner, uh, of course, was a prominent figure in our Lee Trevino Part One Spotlight. He was the leader at Oak Hill. You know, as Dan Jenkins called him, one of the fine artisans on the PGA Tour. Uh, but Trevino was sort of the opposite. Chatty Trevino got in his head, won Oak Hill. Yancey won in 1966 the Memphis Open uh, Invitational, uh, but nearly missed his tee time. He showed up. He got a call from his uh, caddy, Roy Stone, <clears throat> called him 10 minutes before, or 20 minutes before he was due to tee off in the final round. 
Um, he was putting his ass off. He said he slept late. And then he watched the television coverage of the Gemini 9 space adventure until 20 minutes before his time to tee off. So he's in his hotel watching, you know, space adventures. Uh, you know, it was the mid-60s. The space race was probably hot and heavy then. He was watching the Gemini 9. He had 20 minutes to tee off. His caddy calls him at 11.10. Roy called me, said I was due off at 11.20. He's got 10 minutes to tee off in the final round. He eventually won it. His caddy called him. Amazing. He's watching the space race. Shit on, the, on, on his hotel. He goes, I've never been so frightened. I just knew I had blown the whole works because he, 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 he had 265 total by the end of it, but he was in commanding position and he was going to miss his tee time because he's watching the Gemini adventure. I don't get this calculation. So 11.10, he calls him. He's due off at 11.20. And this newspaper article the, uh, claims he reached the tee with eight minutes before he would have been disqualified. Man, he was, he was there quick. So what does or that did he mean? Take, no, maybe he might have taken a penalty. Because oh. you could get penalized and then you get DQ'd when, I think like when the players hit their second shots or maybe it was, I, I don't know exactly what the rules This is were. an article from uh, June 1966, so it does not denote whether he got a, a penalty. But it did say he was there eight minutes before he would have been disqualified. They called him 20 minutes before he was time to tee off. He did make it on time, at least before he was DQ'd um, and won a first place prize of 20 grand. To win the 1996, uh, 1966 Memphis Open Invitational. So that is your Flashback Friday. A couple quick nuggets. Check out the R1 Smart Range Finder at PrecisionProGolf.com. All right. That's your Friday episode. Anything else? You good? I'm good. All right. I'm taking over. Uh, Have a good weekend. Twice. All right. Everyone enjoy your weekends. Enjoy the Olympics. Enjoy the, the FedEx, whatever. And, and uh, we'll talk to you on Monday.